We're back streaming on this May 26th, 2021. Nick Kiprios here, Real Kipper at noon. We are closing out. Still got some meat on the bone, but we are slowly closing out the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs here once again to make sense of it all for you, me, and the whole hockey world. I bring you Doug McClain minus the RV. So like any playoff edition show on The Real Kipper at noon, I'll I'll start it off the same way. Mac, where the hell are you? (laughs) Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, You know, nine nights in the RV, and then what you do is you take a break, and uh, we're a couple nights at the residence inn in Cincinnati, Ohio. near not no campgrounds near the city so we thought well let's book into a hotel get a get a load of laundry done and we're walking distance to daughter Mackenzie's place so just a break uh jill's out at the barn uh, uh tending to the horses this morning and uh she could be walking in here anytime but uh anyway can i, can gonna I head tell to you columbus, something head to columbus today and uh, interesting night we're staying at a brew pub uh you know, one of those uh, Harvest Hosts uh, brew pub in Gahanna, Ohio, and then meeting up with friends. So, little brew pub. But I got to tell you this. Then we head to Pennsylvania, and I booked into a Harvest Host at a golf course. So, what you do is you, in your RV, you stay free at a golf course. You obviously use the, the bar, use the restaurant, and we're going to play nine holes. So, it's a harvest host. There's 3,500 of them across the U.S. where you stay free, but they expect you to buy things when you're there, which we always do, you know? Is there a chance in the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, that we are going to get another Jill McLean sighting? Do you know that we clipped we could. her, her we could. little cameo, and we had, I think, over 13,000 views on it on Twitter, Mac. I don't like, I'm not sure I like Jill being a bigger star than me and you. Well, you know, let's, uh, she could walk in. I'm in the hotel right now in the hotel. She could walk anytime. And as, as you know, she's sick of this podcast. <laughs> we are too. We hope you're not <laughs> yes. watching out there, but can you send her to the spa? I'm sure it's fantastic there. Like she said this morning when she was leaving at 6.30 to go to the barn, she said, uh, you're not coming to see uh, Liam is our is our three-year-old foal we have here. She said, you're not coming to see Liam. She said, I said, well, Nick, Nick would like to do the podcast at 9.30. And she said, <laughs> like, why does he dictate when you're doing the podcast? I said, well, because they have, you know, so anyway. That's a good question. Don't answer that because... <laughs> She, she's just not going to like the answer. No, I know she's not. Okay. Okay. Let's get into Nothing it, Mac. Uh, we've seen some, we've seen some terrific hockey in the first round. Uh, passionate hockey, uh, emotional hockey. But for one reason or another, we're not getting it out of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. And that's not a reflection on the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're doing whatever they need to do to move on. But what is wrong with the Montreal Canadiens? Well, f- first, full marks to, to Toronto because they're playing, they're playing hard. And, I mean, especially some key guys like Nylanders had done a heck of a job. And Galchenyuk, who I'm not a big fan of, but made a couple of big plays last night. And 
and and a few, you know, I mean, I think Keith has pulled pushed the right buttons. So full marks to the Leafs for how they played. Jack Campbell gets a shutout. But I got to tell you, uh, after the first game, I'm pretty disappointed in Montreal's performance. How much has that got to do with the Leafs playing well? Well, maybe some, but I, I don't see I don't see much from the Habs here. I mean, power play non-existent. I mean, creating scoring chances. If it's not a flashy play, there's no there's no meat on the bone when they're in the offensive zone to create. I mean, Toronto's defense is decent, but they're not a bruising blue line that this Montreal Canadian team creates nothing off the cycle, nothing around the paint. When this kid is your Cole Caulfield is your most dangerous player, that's embarrassing to Gallagher, Tatar, Dano, Anderson, Toffoli. Like, where are some of these guys? Mac, I'm, I'm watching, and when when you're bad or you have a, a bad night, you can internally point fingers. You can call guys in. You can have meetings with them. We saw that last year in the bubble with Kirk Muller and Gallagher on, on the benching and then him coming back and being the best player the following game. This is so beyond that type of scenario where now you're just looking at this Montreal Canadian roster and you're saying it's not good enough. I, well, I don't even think, Mac, we can look back over the course of the last few years or modern history where you've seen an NHL playoff team come in without a legitimate number one line. We've talked all year about Montreal and their lack of centermen, a number one centerman. They don't have a number one line, Mac. No, I, I like I'm look full marks to Jack Campbell. You, when you get a shutout, that, that's a big accomplishment in the playoffs. But I didn't see a lot of scoring chances. And I keep seeing 30 shots, and I'm thinking, what? where were they? What Was it, was it like a, a shot and then nothing else? No rebound, no battle, no cycle, no jamming the net, no. I mean, I, I just, I'm not seeing enough. And, I mean, Bergevin comes on in the fall, you know, at the start of the season. This team can play any way. This team can play any way you have to play. Well, they haven't at this point. And there's a lot of guys that are no-shows offensively for this team. A lot of guys. And, you know, I mean, Anderson's been great all year. Toffoli's been great all year. Gallagher was on pace for 20 goals. Dano's supposed to be this. You know, I didn't see them last night. I Mac, missed them last night. We, we can look down that Montreal roster and we can see some good players. And you just named a yeah. few. And I, Josh Anderson's a terrific hockey player. Yeah, love him. Ga Gallagher's a terrific hockey player. And they, they play hard. But when we're talking about teams now in the Stanley Cup playoffs that are contending, they should be your fourth or fifth best forward. Right. And... But they're, the problem is the Montreal Canadiens don't have the, a number one best player or a number two best player or a number three best but player. It's let, just, let, it, it lacks 
stars. This could be arguably the most uninspired team that's ever played for the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I but look, I, I don't see anything there. No star let's power. Go, let's go back to what we talked about at the start of the season with the Montreal Canadiens. We said, yeah, I really like what Bergevin did. I like what he, the guys he picked up. I like, you know, some solid, solid pickups. But we also said it's awful hard to win at playoff time with inexperience down the middle of the ice. I love Suzuki. I love Kokaniemi. They're kids. They're kids. And I'm sorry, this time of year, it's really challenging for those guys to be stars. You look at Shifley. You look at even Stahl last night. You, you, you know, you've got to have strength down the middle of the ice. The Montreal Canadiens will eventually have strength down the middle of the ice. But you cannot expect kids, Suzuki and Kokaniemi, to be able to get it done. When you're going against veteran center icemen, and that's you know, and that's with Toronto missing John Tavares. Yeah, that's... so to me, it comes back to center ice. We saw it in Columbus; they couldn't get it done because they they couldn't even get line ace going because they had no centers. And all of a sudden, we're seeing it come through with Montreal. In my opinion, you've got to create. I watch what Krejci has done for Taylor Hall. Those experienced centermen this time of year are critical to the success of your team. I don't, I'm not a big Kerfoot guy. I got to give him full marks. He's come in and played with speed. He's making some plays. But Montreal not, are not getting that. And I'm, I'm with you. Kerfoot's doing everything he needs to do. And you got to give him a chance now to, to continue to prove that he can get the job done. But there is a big difference when you go up against. As you said, Suzuki, Kakinemi, Eric Stahl, even Evans before he was hurt. Right. And now in a second round, you're going to look at Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Adam Lowry. Yeah. That's that's an NHL playoff hey, middle. Well, I, I look at Winnipeg and I'm thinking, okay, you've got Shifley and Lowry to split going head-to-head with McDavid. That's a that's a challenge when you got to play against those guys every shift. I, I I hate to go back to 96, but I had Niedermeyer and Scrudlin. And I had I used them half a shift, half a shift. And and they were tenacious. They were battlers to shut down people. So with Montreal, to me, the glaring problem is inexperience down the middle. And that, to me, is the reason they're not creating the way they've got to create. To have a chance. Mac, we know that the power plays uh, kind of dry up in terms of opportunities compared to the regular season. But there's still huge factors in the playoffs. Montreal 0-4. I'm watching on most nights five right-handed shots, Mac, on the power play, uh, whether it's Anderson uh, Petrie, Suzuki, Gallagher. I am not a big fan of it. And at well, times I'm watching these guys handcuffed and yet they just keep going back to it over and over again. And I know Tatar's uh, catching the last 15 seconds, but 
it's just not working, and then you factor in a, a blue line that isn't mobile, it's a disaster. Well, look, it's all about what is easier to defend. And and penalty killing is is a science at playoff time because you 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 focus so much more on the regular season. And when you see that setup, it's a lot easier to defend when you're handcuffed 50% of the time on the power play. I mean, that is a, you know, let let's let's not kid ourselves. You need whether you've got the most talented group in the in the world, you need a shooting power play at this time. And you've got to have shot angles and you've got to have an opportunity to get the puck to the net. And when you're handcuffed, it makes it a lot easier to defend. And it's a problem. And you know what? Un- unfortunately, when you're building, when you're trying to fine tune your team for this time of year, those are critical aspects to be aware of. And you just brought it up. It's a big factor. The other factor, Mac, if and when the Montreal Canadiens go quietly, and like I said, this I'm I'm seeing issues for the Montreal Canadiens that are far beyond pointing a finger at, say, Gallagher for lack of production or Carey Price for not finding a way to win. This is going to go down to firing perhaps Claude Julian and Kirk Muller and bringing in Descharmes and Alex Burles. And there's a real strong argument that they got a lot worse since the coaching change, not better. Well, you know what? It's it, it's a fine line when you make that decision. You're firing a guy that's that's been a veteran, that's won at this level, um, an assistant coach that you know has a ton of experience. And I, I mean, I was Mac, hot off guard at the move. I, I have there's no there's no there's no fight in this dog right now. There's no fight in this dog experience at this time of year is pretty critical. And I, I like Donald Ducharme. I spent a little bit of time with him in the prospects game. I don't really know him as a coach, but I, I liked, I liked the way he presented himself, but this is, this is the big time and, and this is the big stage. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to pull the right strings. And right now, I mean, is it fair that he's the guy? All I know is this, the guy on the other bench is not that experienced in Keith. And to me, he's done a pretty good job. I mean, I think I like the way he's worked his lineup. I like the way he's moved people in. I like the way he's taken certain guys out and got, like, even getting Dermot in. I mean, I think he's using his people. I like the way he's handled the team. And, and to me, he deserves credit. And not a, you know, he's not a Julian veteran. But I'll tell you what, he's he's handled this team really well and deserves credit. So I am I am uh I am when I watch other series in the playoffs, Mac, this is by far uh the the quietest series in terms of we see fin- checks being finished, but as far as dragging people into the fight, animosity, hatred, if you want to use that word, it's it's just nowhere to be found in this series. Is it 
an empty building? Does that have something to do with it when we watch how electric it is south of the border? I, I think it has something to do with it. I, I think it's unfair to the players that, to have no crowds there. I know you, it can't be helped because of, you know, the challenges in Canada with COVID. But I, I look at Florida the other night with 11,000 people there. It reminded me of the old days, the way the crowd was going nuts. I, I watched Carolina last night and I see the, the crowd involved. And I, I mean, it's, it's, this is tough. But I mean, still, no excuse. This is playoff time. This is when it's, it's, it's about everything. I look at this last night and I'm, and, and I'm saying Spets has been a major factor. Joe Thornton's been a major factor. Campbell has been a major factor. Galchenyuk's been a... And, and I'm thinking, the Montreal Canadiens are getting beat by these veteran guys at the bottom of the lineup. Full marks to Thornton. Full marks to Spezza. Full marks to Jack Campbell. Full marks to Galchenyuk. But the Montreal Canadiens... I mean, look, Nylander's been terrific, and I know Matthews is. But come on! They're being outplayed by these veteran guys that have pride. They want to win. They want to help the Leafs win. Mac, I'm watching Spezza and Thornton. All I can think of is our Leaf alumni team has a bright future. You will be a healthy <laughs> scratch with that team. No, not You'll another healthy up. scratch. You'll be showing up at the alumni games with your Stanley Cup range and trying to get in the lineup. Hey, I- I'm I'm in better shape than Jeff O'Neill. I, I'll get in there at least before Jeff O'Neill does. Well, he let's, can score though. Let's talk about Galchenyuk, Mac, because it's oh. been well documented. This guy's got a history of not being able to stay with a, a, a team very long. There are always some issues, maybe off ice, whether or not. Uh, he felt entitled or not to more ice time, be a bigger star. None of that has crept in for the Toronto Maple Leafs here. And, and give him full credit. Maybe it's just as simple as looking in the mirror and saying, this is my last chance. I better not screw it up. Well, you know, the, the difference here was he was sent to the Marlies. You know, he, he went to the American League and, and, and battled there and became, you know, Guys raved about how he was there. Okay, I'm still not sold on Galchenyuk. I, you know, let's let's let's. I mean, he made two great plays last night. He's been a good pickup. I'm still not sold on him. I still wouldn't count on him. But he made a couple of great plays last night. So you know, let's the jury's still out. And to make a commitment to this guy, the the difference is he's he's battling to try to get in the lineup. When he was in Montreal, he was expected to carry the offense. I mean, this guy was a 30-goal scorer. People thought he was going to be a 30-goal scorer every year and would be that big horse off the wing or down the middle. And it didn't happen in umpteen places. Well, you come in as a secondary guy with some stars. Nobody's ever questioned his talent, but I'm still not sold on him. But I'm giving him full marks for his play last night. Full marks. The Leafs are doing what they need to do. And at times, it's not a box of chocolates, but... Nobody cares. It's all about W's this time of year. Matt, you know, let's yeah. yeah. Go ahead. One final thing, and I and I think we've been hard on Montreal, but we've got to say Toronto, and you just said it, they're doing what they have to do. They're taking space away. They're playing hard. I'm watching how Nylander's been battling in the corners. This is without Tavares. You know, I mean, I, 
I got to give them marks. There, there's not a lot of space, and the Leafs have done a pretty good job. And I'm, I want to, you know, I, I think we, we said Montreal have been very bad, but Toronto have been pretty good. And the next test will come when they play the Jets. That'll okay. be the great test. So, hate to move ahead or you know completely write Montreal off, but let's let's put a uh, a bow on that Edmonton Winnipeg series and and where Winnipeg is now and arguably Mac we could have sat there at the beginning of the year and said we we like Winnipeg why wouldn't you like Winnipeg uh, their forwards are as as good as anybody's in terms of the depth I think from one to nine especially down the middle of the ice but this is a, a pretty good time to be playing your best hockey yeah, look, they're, I, I've always felt their forward group is, is as good as most in the NHL. Maybe better, well, better than a ton of teams. I, I, and we knew Hellebuck had a chance to be a star and, and has emerged as a top goaltender in the league. I'm telling you, the guy that's impressed me is Pionk, the way he's played, Morsi. I didn't, I, I thought they let themselves down by not getting another defenseman. Maybe I'm wrong on that. They've done a pretty good job. Um, so full marks to them. Uh, Lowry, Shifley, Dubois, strength down the middle. Um, Stasny, big face-off wins. Ehler comes in. Connor scores big goals. Uh, 18. Somebody said to me, Wheeler? How does Wheeler not wear number 18 so you could say the 18-wheeler? Isn't that Burke's, <laughs> isn't that Burke's line, the 18-wheeler? Yes, um, and that's that's why. He, he didn't want anyone ever accusing him of the 18-wheeler, you know, going into the ditch. That's right. So anyway, look, there's a lot of positives there. And uh, Edmonton, I, you know, it comes unfortunately, it comes back to Dreisaitl. And McDavid and I watched Stephen uh, Smith of ESPN do a clip today, and he wants to talk hockey. And he says, McDavid and Dreisaitl, you're lucky you're not in the NBA, man, because I'd be all over you. I'd be all over you if you're in the NBA. Who's like that voice? Mac, someone's got to explain to Stephen Smith that it ain't basketball. One guy, one guy in hockey sure cannot carry the mail like your sure LeBron isn't. or MJ or Curry. No. Uh, it's you got to roll four lines, bud. These guys don't, they don't, they're lucky if they play a third of the game. Totally different. And he, you know, he, I mean, he'll get it because the, uh, the experts at ESPN are higher and they'll educate him on the game. So, but you know what? Uh, it's, it's really a sweep in Edmonton. I'm sorry. They, they lost what the last, they won the last six games against the Jets. They had a great regular season after their first six games where they really got it going. We said their goaltending wasn't good enough. Smith was good enough. Smith battled his ass off for this team. We said they weren't deep enough, and they weren't deep enough. They were not deep enough. They're, they're after their first three or four forwards, I'm sorry, they were not deep enough. Mac, it was so built up in terms of the, the regular season that Connor McDavid had, and for good reason, you know, when you factor in 
He only got to play in a season of 56 games to put up those numbers, really put him to another level. And then the disappointment of that first round. He's going to take some heat for this. There's no question. And whether it's the uh, the turnover in overtime or the wraparound um, in the epic loss, whatever the case is, there's there's a lot of people that believe that he's still not ready to win this time of year. Well, you know, is that fair? I, well, yeah, I'll I'll go back to Ovechkin. I mean, how long did it take Ovechkin to win? Well, you know what? You got to get a supporting cast. You 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 can't. You said it. You can't. You know. Star power is not basketball. You you need a supporting cast and a big time supporting cast. Obviously, even the ba- even in basketball, you need a supporting cast. But one guy can't dominate the way it it does in in other sports. And I mean, the supporting cast in Edmonton is simply not good enough. We questioned their goaltender, and as we just discussed, Smith came through, give them a chance. But that supporting cast, they're not deep enough in the forward position. And uh, they're not deep enough in the blue line. I mean, you got nurse 62 minutes in a game. Like, remarkable. Seriously. seriously. Absolutely remarkable. I want to go back to Mike Smith for a second. A 40-year-old go- 40 goalie, does he warrant another chance? Or do you find somebody that can grow with Connor to go to another level for the next three or four years? Like, it is a major question because where do you turn? Where do you turn? I mean, we saw Calgary, you know, go out and get Markstrom. You know, we know Edmonton were in the mix to get him. Um, where where do they turn here? You know, Mike Smith gave them a, a, a great season. Koskinen isn't good enough. Sorry, he's not. Um, so where do they turn? Who in the league is is going to be available to come in and be the number one guy that's going to give them a chance at playoff time. And and listen, the playoffs next year might be tougher because you're back to the old alignments. It might be tougher. So, you know what? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I just, I offhand, I don't know what goaltender is going to be available to come in and, and be the guy for them. Who is a guaranteed number one guy you can bring in? I, th- there aren't any in this world guaranteed. They're, they're good goalies out there, Mac. But yeah. there are no guarantees anymore, especially I mean, I when, watched, you, when you listen, guarantee them $10 million. I, I watched what Talbot did, has done for the Minnesota Wild. He's kept them in the series. And, and Talbot was in Edmonton, was in Calgary. And now he's given, he's taken the, maybe the one of the best teams in the NHL to game six at home, which means they got a chance. I mean, he goes in and wins in Vegas. Incredible. In Talbot. And now well, he's given them a chance to extend this maybe to seven games if they win at home. And that's maybe the, the new model, Mac. Your three and a half, four and a half million dollar goaltender on a two or three year deal. That's the future hey, of goaltending. Well, we just finished talking about Jack Campbell getting a shutout. I mean, Jack Campbell hadn't played hardly a playoff. Has he played a playoff game in his career before this year? No, no. I mean, no experience. We talked about that a lot this year. Is that going to be a detriment? Well, where do you go with goaltending? I mean, Kenny Holland is the one guy that is, I mean, Osgood. I mean, look at his goaltending in Detroit. Vernon, Osgood, 
Yeah, he had Hasek. Yeah, he had some veteran guys, Joseph. But they got to fix this. One last thought. It's not on, Smith's fault. I'll guarantee you that. One one last thought on this because uh, nobody really envisioned the New York Rangers making that major change. But you've got an owner that is very involved and, uh, you know, it's his team. Can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Daryl Cates is in a similar situation. Some people I've talked to, Mac, in the last 24 hours tell me who knows with this guy and what, how pissed off he is or how he wants to maybe hold some people accountable. Can you envision anything of that magnitude in Edmonton that we, we saw in New York? I said it a few weeks ago about the highest paid coaches in the game, starting with Vino McClellan and Julian and all these guys that haven't got the job done. Tippett's right there. I mean, Tippett is one of the highest paid coaches in the game. And he had a good regular season, did a good job with a pretty loose Edmonton team from the past, tightened them up. I, I will be shocked if Dave Tippett is fired. I, I really would be shocked. Did I like the way he coached in the playoffs? I thought he, I thought he missed the boat on a few situations, but uh, I don't see that happening. I, I don't see Kenny going there. I, I really don't. I don't see Cates. I mean, if, if, if Cates is upset, that's Bob Nicholson and Kenny Holland's job to calm him down because firing Dave Tippett is not the answer. Okay, just to wrap up a bow also on on the Winnipeg Jets, Mac, and you, you mentioned his name, uh, Nick Ehlers, and how his game has evolved. And I think he's become a better player since Patrick Liney left. And these guys were always kind of linked together because we knew it was, for the most part, Shifley, Wheeler, uh, Connor, Kyle Connor, and it was always a, an Ehlers line A kind of scenario. And quite frankly, there wasn't enough puck to go around for both of them. And it just seems now that, that line A is out. Ehlers comes in, takes more responsibility, maybe more of a shooter now than ever. Case in point, that overtime goal was fantastic. But this guy's really taking his game to another level. He's been one of their best players. I mean, I, I'm blown away at... at how good Kyle Connor has become. Mac, we were expecting more of a fight out of the Montreal Canadiens. We haven't seen it so far, but maybe when it comes to the unexpected, we got to talk about the Preds and how they've been able to push Carolina, especially Mac going down two nothing in this series. Many ways this thing should have been over for Carolina. And yet here we are and they needed overtime from Jordan Stahl. Yeah, I look uh, full marks to them. I mean, Saros has been absolutely terrific. And you talk about goaltending this time of year. How good has he been? And, uh, you know, some of their big guys, I mean, we know their blue line is is exceptional. You know, there's some good forwards there that have been actually better. Duchesne has, been, has given them a little bit of life. I mean, Johansson's actually played better. I mean, there, there's some guys there that have actually come alive for them. I mean, this was a team partway through the year that David Poyle was concerned for his job. This is one of the most veteran NHL GMs, and he was worried about his job. 
because they were so bad. And yet they go against a team that a lot of people think is a contender and they've battled them every inch of the way. And last night was a great example. I mean, that was a tough, tough win for uh, Carolina. Great goaltending, a Norris Trophy winner, and Yossi. And yet, Mac, though, as, as hard as Nashville's pushing Carolina, there's still something wrong when I see the names Yarncrock and Sissions have more ice time than Ryan Johansson or Duchesne, who came in at 14, roughly 15 minutes. I know. I mean, you know, you, you've got to you gotta play guys that are going to give you the best chance to win, but if you if your stars aren't getting it done for you, uh, you're you're still at the end of the day going to have a tough time winning. Well, and when it comes to the depth of Carolina, we just mentioned Jordan Stahl, Sveshnikov, probably their most talented player. But then we hear the name Martin uh, Nechas. Maybe is, I'm pretty sure that pronounce I pronounced that okay because. When you're starting to see the things that he's doing, Mac, nobody will have problem pronouncing this guy's name moving forward here. What a wraparound goal to send this thing into overtime. I'm not touching his name. But anyway, he I mean, it was an unbelievable rush. I mean, he came with such great speed. And then the wraparound, and, I, and the commentators were saying, well, Saros couldn't get there because he's too short. I'm thinking, are you kidding? Are you shitting me? He couldn't get there because he was too short. He couldn't get there because the kid made an unbelievable play. It was an unbelievable wraparound. On on one edge. One leg, <laughs> on one, one edge. edge. So full marks to the kid. A two I mean that look, they 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 were in big they weren't creating a whole lot when he made that play. When he made that play. So uh full marks to them. And again, I mean, then and then the captain stall. I mean, this guy, talk about rejuvenating his career uh the way he's performed in you know in the in i mean some big big plays and big goals from uh from stall the captain the pittsburgh penguins mac facing elimination here against the islanders and again on paper star power versus the team concept here this is just barry trotz Waving his magic wand again, isn't it? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, this goaltender in the Islanders is is quite a is quite a story. Sorokin I mean, has the, done a an well, unbelievable job, especially but, when the Islanders at times have not looked great. When, and let me, I mean, they were outshot twenty to four, or twenty to three in the second period the other night, wasn't it? And I mean, this guy looks amazing. Go on, Elite Prospects, which is a the website that shows you know where guys' careers are. This guy came out of the KHL. If I'm not mistaken, he had 11 shutouts in one season. He's a, you know, he's a, a later round pick that has come out of the KHL and has been unbelievable for the Islanders right now. And yet, you know, we just finished talking about Edmonton and where teams find goaltenders to become stars. This is a guy that has got it done. And how good has he looked? I mean, he looks and. I talked to somebody with the Islanders the other day, and they said, you have to prod him to get a heartbeat because he's so calm, cool, and collected. He's been a big story for the New York Islanders right now, Nick. Yeah. 
You think they close it out here, Mac, or is this one that seems destined for Game Seven overtime? Well, we've seen we've seen Jari struggle early. We've seen Jari play well. We've seen Jari with a big a big mistake up the middle of the ice. Um, how is the goaltending going to be? I mean, you, you can't fault the Penguins the way they've territorially played, but that's that's the big question for me is Islander goaltending, Pittsburgh goaltending tonight. Penguins Islanders tonight, 6.30 Eastern puck drop. And then the Battle of Florida, Mac, where Quenville has his sights set on your playoff record. And we look at a different feel for the Florida Panthers with the guy that they're now calling Spencer Knight Rider. Remember your, your favorite <laughs> show, Mac, in the, uh, in the 80s? Favorite car. Favorite car, the Trans Am. Spencer oh. Knight can't even legally drink, Mac. Can't well, hang out with you at the bar. What a, what a story, though. Like, who goes three deep at playoff time? Who goes from a $10 million goaltender to a kid that's come in as a backup like Drieger and had a, a great year, and then you go to the third guy in the organization who is your future great goaltender, and you throw him in there, and he lets in the first goal, first shot, and then he stones him. I didn't like Tampa Bay's game. They, they, they were a bit of a no-show in that game. Full marks to Spencer Knight. He deserves all the credit in the world. But that was not a very good look in Tampa Bay team. They they looked like they looked like they took a night off at playoff time. Yeah. And you know what? They gotta be a lot better because this Panther team, they're not gonna go away easy. No. And I, I like the energy that, that Spencer Knight has has come in. Big time. And I don't know. Do you go back to Patrick Waugh making his debut in Montreal and turning that into a Stanley Cup. I'm not saying that this is going to be the case, but Oh no, go way back. You got to go back further than that. You got to go to Ken Dryden making his debut at a Cornell University. Yeah. And how but I mean he was quite a bit older, I suspect. But I'll tell you what, this is a great story if this kid can extend this yes. series. And you know what? Tampa Bay better be a lot better tonight. Okay. One team that doesn't need to be a lot better is the Golden Knights because they were good enough to close out the series, but it didn't happen. They outplayed Minnesota. I think, Mac, the shot attempts were 3-1 to one in their favor, and yet they could not close out Minnesota here. You know what? It's interesting. Do, I talked I talk to do, a guy the other day in Vegas, and he said, before the game, before the game, he said, would you not consider going flurries played out of his mind Fleury's played a lot. He is 36 years of age. Do you put Leonard in for a game? And obviously they came back with Fleury, and Fleury at times looked a little tired in that game. He, he wasn't himself. Now, you know, you'll That's a gutsy call. That's a what? really gutsy call. I know it is. And it's funny, it's easy to make question these things when you're not in the trenches making the decision. But it's interesting that he said that to me. Would this not be a time to give Leonard a game? Well, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have. But hindsight is always pretty easy. So, you know, Fleury, 
Um, how good has he been? Talbot, how good has he been? They, they, Many think they can extend this. They think they can take it to seven. Vegas haven't lost at home all year, Nick. They've heard yes. they lost a game at home all year, and they go in and beat them. I know it was lopsided. I know it was one-sided. But yeah, they still found a way. team is going to take them to the seventh game, and then you get there, you don't know what could happen. They think they're going to get to the seventh game. I don't know if they will. Well, we, we got uh, three opportunities tonight to see teams closed out. It'll be fun to watch this one. Uh, Mac, any any Jill sightings right now? Take a quick look. Or, you know, is, is she mad at me? If, she, if, if Jill was here, you would hear her. <laughs> would there be like a, an ashtray flying over your head? And it, she wouldn't be. It wouldn't be me. She was after. Do they still have ashtrays at the Renaissance? No, <laughs> no, they don't. But I'm gonna uh, tonight. You know, I uh, speaking of ashtrays, I got a, I got some stogies there. So I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna fire one up tonight at the, uh, at the oh, good. pub out in the parking lot. Not That's inside, good. Of course. Cr- create a distraction off of me by pissing her off some other way. <laughs> good job. Good. All right, Mac, thanks for teeing us up uh, uh, tonight, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us know uh, all your feelings the last 24 hours. We miss you, obviously, on off days, but uh, appreciate the effort, pal. Great to be here. All right, Doug McLean from the state of Ohio. We're out of Kentucky. We're in Ohio, And who knows by Friday where the hell he is. But we appreciate your time, Mac, on the Real Kipper at Noon show. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us here. Three games tonight. Do we see three teams eliminated? Or do we head to a game seven? Enjoy it. Thanks for watching. First time watcher, subscribe. Leave those comments. Enjoy your NHL hockey tonight.